Good evening from Plunkett Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 473 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, part of the Tech Podcast Network for July 23rd, 2017. This week, Cortana enters the home, Pokemon Go re-enters Milwaukee parks, and YouTube exits online editing. This here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, uh, the flagship show on the Plug Hits Live family of content. And wherever you are and however you're joining us, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the podcast play app in the Windows Store, um, our uh, Google Play music podcast on Android, the hardest name to ever remember for whatever reason, um, any of the live stream locations that we are, um, and right now we are on livestream.com. We are on Periscope, YouTube Live, and Microsoft Mixer. You can find all of those by going to f5live.tv slash join us, or of course, on our apps, pluggitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us part of your night. Um, there are two ways to uh, participate in the show. You can either listen to us uh, live, join us live, the way I, I mentioned before, f5live.tv slash join us. From there, uh, you can join us on any of those platforms, and you can uh, participate in the chat rooms and talk to us about the topics that we're discussing as we talk about them. Avram and I love to get feedback during the show, uh, particularly on the topic uh, that we talk about in the Pilch Point, which this evening will be uh, technology gear that you're going to need for back-to-school time. We definitely want your input on the topics as we talk about them. So, if you're listening live, f5live.tv slash join us. Definitely uh, talk to us in the chat rooms. We've got them all open, and uh, we can follow along. With that, um, if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. You can also um, subscribe by going to uh, pluckitslive.tv slash subscribe. From there, you can see all of our shows, including this one, The Pilch Point, our special events, um, first looks and a number of other series with some new ones coming very soon which we're very excited about um, we just kind of finished uh, pitching a show last night that we think might happen in the very near future so uh, keep looking out for that as it gets closer we will talk about it uh, anyway I think that there is the spiel Avram how are you fantastic how are you I'm doing great. It's good to do two of these in a row again. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh. This year has been bizarre. We've... Yeah, it's, it's been a busy time, but, yeah. you know, busy busy is good, you know. I've been we've been I've been quite busy at my job the last week uh testing different things. Um quite busy this quite busy this weekend as my son was actually my five-year-old son was actually helping me with a review i always um, like it when he helps with reviews yeah now he's getting he's he's getting good at he's getting good at it um testing stuff so you know uh so it's uh it's a busy <laughs> it's a busy time but i'd rather be busy than than not Yes, so. that that is something that I learned in retail long ago. Yeah. Is that not yeah. being busy is the worst. It it is the worst. Like when yeah, speaking of, I mean, like when I was in college, 
I remember I had a job working cashier at Toys R Us during the summer and like mm-hmm. it was very quiet. Nobody came in and that was the worst, yeah. you know, because you just sit there and, you know, then they would send you to do other stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. Wh- whereas like, you know, when I worked at another store called Caldor that probably people don't remember uh, and it was flooded with people and I was cashier, it was like the time went by fast yeah so when you're when you're doing things and things that are engaging whether it be engaging with people or like what we do you know getting to review products and write about them things like that uh time definitely goes faster than hey um we want to do this thing and you're not working on anything can you do this thing oh <laughs> yeah so you know it's uh it's good it's good to be busy um you know, for sure. I tell, I tell the young folk that I work with, we have a terrible job. We have to, we get to play with toys and the real, and we have to write about, and the, and the, the trade-off is we have to write about them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Sad story. Sad story. <laughs> um, speaking of shows in a row, um, we have, next week is another normal week for us. And then the week after that, uh, is MetroCon, and depending on how Sunday goes, um, and what uh, Aaron's schedule is from the Three Thousand Brigade, we may or may not be able to do a little bit of broadcasting, um, either from or around or after MetroCon, or we'll figure out how two two weeks from now goes. So we'll all kind of be playing it by ear, but that is okay. Metrocons are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll get to see pictures of uh, of us interacting with the Three Thousand Brigade. We're doing a, a panel. There's a new version of the Three KB podcast that will be starting, and the first episode will be at uh, Metrocon in two weeks. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in the area, uh, definitely come check out Metrocon. I think our panels are. Thursday and Friday, if I'm not mistaken, but you can check out the 3000 Brigade Facebook page to see the event times for sure, or of course, go to metroconventions.com and you can see the entire lineup. But if you're in the area, definitely come check us out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Anytime Aaron is a cosplay guest at a convention, it's always fun. So, (laughs) Um, with that, how about we get down to some news, Avram? Yes. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but it is just about back to school time. And right now, students can save uh, money on several Microsoft products, but in particular, the new Surface Pro. Uh, You can save 10% right now on the new Surface Pro and a number of other products through Microsoft if you're a student. Uh, You can also get the uh, Surface Laptop, but of course, it's not just about that it's about office and the xbox because you know you gotta have something in the dorm room right (laughs) you can find all of the deals that microsoft is running right now by going to f5live.tv slash microsoft gotta have entertainment all right um so speaking of microsoft we don't 
somehow we managed to not talk about Microsoft as often in the Microsoft sponsored segment as you would think. Um, Microsoft has not made it a secret at all that they want Cortana in lots of places, right? Uh, it premiered on Windows Phone 8.1 several years ago. It came to Windows 10. Uh, it's now on the Xbox One. And uh, Harman Kardon and HP are both making Cortana-powered speakers, and there may be more that haven't been announced. We don't know. Um, I really want that Harman Kardon one with the animated eye on top. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the fact that Microsoft has also made a big deal about that they want Cortana, particularly through the speakers, but in any way, uh, to be in the home in general. And this week, through a partnership with Johnson Controls, who if you don't know who they are, uh, you obviously have not worked a whole lot with uh, HVAC systems. Johnson Controls is like it when it comes to HVAC systems. They're like the number one company if you've ever worked in an office building, chances are your system is controlled by something from Johnson Controls. Um, Microsoft and Johnson Controls have teamed up to build what they call Glass, G-L-A-S, and it is a Cortana-powered thermostat. So, you know, think in the, in the terms of Nest or something like that, except if you know Cortana from the video games, you know Cortana exists in your heads-up display. And glass is so appropriately Cortana because it is uh, in a heads-up display style uh, thing. And it's really pretty cool. Have you seen this, Abram? Yes, I've seen the pictures. Isn't it cool looking? It is. It is cool looking. One thing I'm wondering about, does it come off of the stand? The screen? Yeah. I don't know. They did not give nearly as much information about this thing as I would like. Um, there's very little info other than a YouTube video that Microsoft posted this week. Um, that's about two minutes long. Everything outside of that video, total conjecture. My, they haven't talked about it at all. It's the biggest tease ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I was just talking about this with my wife, not about glass, but about the sort of proliferation of digital assistance. Mm -hmm. uh, because also in the in the news every week recently has been Bixby, yep. Samsung's personal assistant, and their continued I don't know failure to roll all the features out. But now they're rolling out some of the features. Yes. the The question is, is there going to be a contraction at some point? Certainly, I think Bixby was is a step too far like do we really need another one cortana at least has a really good claim to the throne mm -hmm. it's on it's part of windows and then you can cross install it on on android or, or ios so right. and it's you know, and it's on the xbox one <laughs> like cortana right, has, cortana already lives in a number of places uh easily without caring right. about platform or anything like that right so you know, it could be, you know, it could be the winner or could it be. could be a survivor at least. Um, and certainly when you have cool hardware like this, that really goes a long way. Yes. And, you know, uh, with with the addition of of Harman Kardon making a Cortana powered speaker to compete with the likes of uh, the the Amazon Echo 
that's that's going to give you know it's Harmon Carden. That's going to give some some audio credence to Cortana too. So, but is there going to be a contraction? Yeah, of course. the The market is is uh the interesting one right now, and it's the thing that everybody's getting into. And then at some point, it won't be anymore, and uh, people will start to back out of it or buy bits and pieces. Samsung has already been rumored to uh, discontinue development of their Bixby powered speakers. So we might already see the contraction of the market. Well, that was really, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I like Samsung. I, I happen to have a Galaxy S8 right here, and I like it a lot, except the Bixby part of it, so far at least, is completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, like, wish, there's, I wish I could make that button go to Cortana. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I wish I, or I wish I could make that button launch the camera or something. So, sure. you know... I miss hardware camera buttons. Yeah, I mean, that was nice, right? So it's it's a little bit like, you know, it's sort of like Samsung also makes their own browser to compete with Chrome, and they put it on their phones. Like, did anybody ask for a competing Android browser from from you? Right. So, uh, you know, but I do think that with this thermostat, you know, obviously, if people want a cutting edge piece of hardware, the hardware is good. That's going to drive the software adoption. Right. Exactly. And with it being uh, with it being Johnson controls, you know that it's going to be good hardware behind it. And going through your PC is is meaningful. You know, so it's uh you know, that is the kind of thing you would want to control through your computer. You also want to control it through your phone, and Cortana is there to do that. Right. So. And, and you know, that's that's the thing that's kind of cool since it's Cortana-powered. Now, they didn't talk about this, but being Cortana voice-powered and being on your network, Cortana works best when paired with, a, with an account, right? So my guess is if you're signed in with the same account on your Xbox, you can probably talk to Cortana on your Xbox like talk to Cortana and have her control your uh, your thermostat through the Xbox. Like, I mean, isn't that isn't that really like? Doesn't Microsoft kind of have to do that because you know, Alexa controls your smart home? True. Right. And and um, Microsoft has talked about wanting Cortana to have the power in IoT, considering Azure is the place where IoT lives. Um, yeah. You- everybody's jumping ship from AWS. Um, their most recent uh, quarterly report showed that Microsoft is doing more business than Amazon in web services now, which puts them in the number one spot. And it's all I, like IoT is the driver for for Azure. So it makes sense if you're already working with Microsoft technology. It makes sense to work with Microsoft technology as a developer. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my final point on this is you can't succeed. A company such as Microsoft will not win the digital assistant war whatever you want to call uh-huh. it without without being a winner in smart home right right absolutely and they know it it's the reason why they're working with Harman Kardon and HP on the speakers so that you can have you know echo style devices through the house you can talk directly to this thing you can talk to your computer your phone your Xbox and mm-hmm. control through Cortana that way so yeah there's definitely 
They've definitely got a plan. Now let's see if we can find out more about Glass. Like a price or a release or um, physically how big it is. Yeah, anything like that. It's just some information would be nice because I would like to already have one. It is definitely, obviously you and I have gotten to see a, over the last couple of years, a lot of smart thermostats, whether it be at CES or in press releases or sometimes physically sent to us, but uh, none, they all try to look like a thermostat. This one doesn't do that at all. And I find that fun. Yeah, that is, that is fun. So I would like some information. Microsoft, I know people from your company listen to this show. I want more information about this. Make it happen, please. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch, proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones on my head right now, the Monster Elements. Available in over-ear, like I'm wearing, and on-ear, in case the full cup is uh, not your style. You can also get in-ear and sports headphones, plus a whole array of uh, speakers, from the tiny hotshot to the giant uh, monster blaster, and of course all the cables to connect these products and all of the rest of your computer and uh, home entertainment system by going to f5live.tv monster. And of course, that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram! Hey! Hey! Ah, what, ah. A, what a week. Yes. Yes, and indeed. And to think the summer is going by so fast, you know, and we're going to have another winter soon. Well, I guess you won't, but I'm in Florida. But well, we I mean... Will. I, I have uh, uh, word is that uh, winter's going to be on a Thursday this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last year we didn't have much of one, so I know we're going to get it this year. Gotcha. Um, you know, you just keep waiting for it to drop. Uh, but meanwhile, while we're in the middle of the summer, there's a lot of people getting ready to go to college, uh, either for the first time or coming back. And there's a lot of tech things that you need in college these days for sure. Now to not to date myself too much, but when I was in college, not not everyone, not everyone had their, had their own computer. I did, but, but not everybody did. There were some, some kids who would go to like the computer lab to, to do it. And others, I swear there were some snooty kids I knew who were like, computer i don't need that i do everything on a typewriter you you couldn't make it through freshman year like that now um so we've come up with a, a list of uh my colleague lewis my colleague lewis and uh lewis ramirez and uh and i have come up with this list uh actually he mainly came up with it and i edited it of things that you need um things that you need for back to school to go to college so one thing that you need is you need a backpack, obviously. Everybody knows that. But why not get a backpack that charges your stuff while it's in it? So uh, one that we really like is the Tilt Energy Pro Power Bag. 
Now, this is a little bit on the pricey side. There's like a $99 one that has a lesser battery, and then there's the $150 one that has the 20,000 milliamp hour battery. Wow. That is going to give you a lot of juice. Uh, it also has a USB Type-C port. So we wow. haven't tested this, but we believe that it may actually be good enough to charge uh, a laptop that has a Type-C uh, Type C charging Okay, that will take USB power delivery. Um, it will certainly charge your phone and your tablet many times over. Uh, the battery is built right into the bag. So makes it real easy for you to to charge your stuff. Um, the the second thing that that we think everyone needs is a mouse. Actually, we talked about low price mice last week, so yes. this is no this is a repeat, I guess. Uh, but our favorite mouse is our favorite productivity mouse is still the Logitech M510 because it has these lovely side buttons and it, it feels great in your hand. And that's about twenty dollars, so very affordable to everyone. Um, if you are, if you're looking for a laptop for college and I didn't jump on that right away cause that's the number one thing you would expect us to talk about right. at laptop mag. Uh, we have a complete page of the best college laptops and we have them by major. However, if you're a liberal arts major or you just haven't decided, which is probably the same thing, um, <laughs> then, then you, then a, a good overall choice is the Asus ZenBook UX330 UA uh, because it's relatively inexpensive at $699. It's very light, 2.7 pounds, uh, and it comes with uh, all the things that you – and it has ten hour, about 10 hours of battery life, and it has all the things that you would really want in a lightweight laptop, including a, a 1080p display, Core i5 processor, and a 256-gig SSD. So good performance – Good price, good battery life, very light. Um, now, in those cases where you're in school and you still need to print, you still can't just email stuff to your teacher or you have to scan something, you might want to have a printer. Uh, we we like the Canon TS6020 all-in-one. That's $134, and it gives you great inkjet printing and, and scans. Um, we also recommend... Uh, that you get a, get an external battery, that you get an external monitor for when you're at your when you're at your desk, uh, and we have on our list an HP Pavilion 22 CWA, which is ninety dollars for a 1080p laptop. So you could get two of those and not be not be too inconvenienced. A 1080p monitor, right? Yes, not a laptop. 1080p. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Just want just want just want to make sure <laughs> yes. that's that's not a whole lot of money for a. 1080p laptop. It's still also not a whole lot of money for a 1080p monitor, yeah. but it is more impressive if it were, if it were a laptop. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I'm sorry. The HP 22CWA is a 1080p monitor, and to go with your laptop when you're at your desk. And I can uh, I can vouch for HP monitors. We have most of our office is uh, powered by HP monitors. I am looking at several of them where I'm sitting right now, including the one, the laptop on the desk. Most of my screens are HP if they're not, if they're not, if they're not Microsoft. I mean, to be um, fair, it's not unique to HP. We just simply recommend that's a good example of a inexpensive monitor sure. because these days you can get a monitor for around a hundred dollars. It's 1080p. Um, 
That one seems pretty nice. One of our one of our users in the uh, the Periscope chat room just said HP is the best. So it seems like the chat room seems to agree that HP is a good choice. So good. you've got backing I mean, from the chat room. Good. I mean, I think that model is, is good. You know, there are many great Dell monitors out there as well. Um, oh, yeah, and, and monitors from other other companies. Uh, I guess I would just stress to people, try and get something that's you like the stand of. Yeah. Um, so that it, it takes up, a, you know, doesn't, it's adjustable in the way you want it to or the height that you want it to. I mean, for the $100 ones, you're not going to get incredible color quality. Um, you'll get okay. Um, obviously, if you want to spend 150 or 200 you'll do better. Um, but ultimately, I guess the message here is you want to set up a good situation for school where you have the... Th- you, you, I, everyone's going to buy a laptop for school. I don't need to tell people to do that. Like, we need to tell them which. But you know you need a laptop to make it in, in college today, period. The question is, what do you do when you're at your dorm to fill out your tech toolbox? And right. what do you do when you're at class to fill out your tel- tech toolbox? So when you're in your dorm, you want to try and create the best desktop scenario that you can for doing your work, just like those of us in business do. That means having one or two monitors, two monitors better, having a better, having a, a keyboard that you attach, like a mechanical keyboard, having a good mouse, having a printer if you need to print out, and then um, having a docking station to dock all that stuff. Um, and of course, having the, the tools that when you go out, you, you can easily charge your stuff, um, take notes, do what, do what you need to do. Um, so you stay productive and move to the head of the class. Uh, so we have a lot of re- more recommendations than I just gave you. If you go to, uh, the homepage of laptopmag.com, you will see our back to school tech article, uh, and, and check it out for, for all of our recommendations. Fantastic. Um, I have personally scrolled through the whole list, and uh, it's definitely is definitely a list that anybody headed to college right now needs to check out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's getting to the point where the tech stuff you buy is is almost as important as the textbooks you buy. Uh, especially since a lot of the textbooks are starting to be available on. Uh, on digital. So you might be using that, that technology a lot more than you planned, in which case the uh, external battery and the backpack with the USB-C charger <laughs> yeah, no are, doubt. are I mean, probably even more important. I mean, you want to be charged. You don't want to be in a scenario where you're out of juice. That's, that's the most important thing is that it's the most important thing to me in my business and personal life and technology wise. And I think probably the most important thing to a lot of students is don't you don't want to be in class or in the library or wherever it is that you're doing your work studying and running out of juice absolutely i uh one of one of my phones has a a battery case on it my laptop bag is a power bag like we talked about and i carry uh one of the batteries that we reviewed a couple years ago with me so yes i I totally agree. You do not want to be without power. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, as always, Avram, uh, we appreciate you bringing us uh, what's going on at Laptop and Tom's Guide. And uh, for for the Pilch Point, we will see you next week. But uh, obviously, you'll be around for the rest of the show. 
This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer, the makers of basically all of the PC gaming accessories you could want. Whether it be a keyboard and a mouse, a giant mouse pad, or some of the best gaming laptops that you can find. And right now, uh, they're offering uh, some deals on, uh, you can get $500 in software when you buy one of the, uh, the Razer laptops. There's the Razer Blade Stealth, which offers a whole uh, series of software. You can get the Razer Blade and Razer Blade Pro, which has games and stuff involved, uh, included. Plus, we've got deals on the laptops themselves, uh, keyboards and mouses and all kinds of stuff like that. And you can find all of those deals by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. All right, so obviously we all know Pokemon Go. And we'll talk about that for a brief moment because, of course, it's the thing that people think of when they think of augmented reality gaming. It's not the only one that's out there, but it's certainly the one that's probably first and foremost in people's minds, especially uh, this weekend with uh, the Pokemon Go Fest going on in Chicago. Um, When the game came out, a lot of places responded very differently to it. And Avram and I have talked over the last year about how some places have responded. Um, We talked about how some churches have used the increased um, popularity of their parking lots and facilities uh, to play the game to, uh, to reach out to the new people coming on their campuses. Um, Restaurants and businesses have responded by um, going so far as to ask um, uh, Yelp to include um, uh, whether or not there's a pokey stop at their restaurant on their listings. Uh, There's been, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of like cities and counties and states have responded very positively as well to people being in their parks because anybody who plays knows that a lot of the, the stops and the gyms are in parks. And uh, they tend to be the best place to go to catch uh, Pokemon as well. And so parks have seen a major increase in, uh, in attendance. And so... The people who run those parks have found ways to reach out, whether it be setting lures or whatever, encouraging people to be in the parks. Except <laughs> Milwaukee County in Wisconsin responded very differently. Their thought was um, rather than being excited that people who don't normally come into the parks are there, we have an opportunity to tell people why the parks are important. Uh, they decided to pass a law that prevented the game from being played inside of any of their parks uh, without a uh, special event permit. <sighs> so so that happened uh, about six or seven months ago. It's a little different than the lawsuit that was filed against Niantic uh, by some uh, private individuals who weren't happy that things were happening on their private property, which... Okay, I can understand that. If kids suddenly show up in your backyard, I can understand how you might not be happy about that. But if you're a, if you're a public park, you're a public park. Um, so there was no way that this law wasn't going to be challenged. And it was, but not by Niantic. Interestingly enough, um, 
The, the lawsuit came from a company called Candy Lab, who you may or may not have heard of. Uh, they also produce an augmented reality game called Texas Ropem, which is an AR poker-ish game. It's got some similarities to, to Pokemon Go and uh, you know the way AR games tend to work. Uh, and they filed a suit in federal court against the county. And uh, this week, uh, the, the law was ruled unconstitutional and uh, overturned. A injunction was uh, issued preventing the county from enforcing said law. Uh, of course it was. Right? It, that, of, of course it was. That law seems insane. Oh, this is the best law since they had the no dancing law in Footloose, right? right exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny. This just reminds me. The story reminds me of the very very brief period of time. Very a period of time makes it sound long. Very brief time. That time that I worked for the Parks Department. Um, the New York City Parks Department oh. and I remember that they some of the people there telling me that they kind of had mixed feelings about public Wi-Fi that the part that the, the Parks Department had mixed feelings about it there on the one hand they're like yeah people want this on the other hand um, on the other hand they thought well why we don't see the why we don't need people to come here and sit and on their laptop or, or whatever. Like we need, you know, this is supposed to be a park. They should be running and playing or something. Um, so I think that that may be a, we don't, we don't need people coming here and, and just sitting. What a, what a weird like thought. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that they said, the, the, the reason wasn't they didn't like them sitting like if you sat without a computer I guess that'd be okay but like you know well, why are you coming to the park if you're gonna use a computer or whatever was there was their um, you know judgment it um, it seems because it's nice to go outside sometimes right that was my thought it was like okay but maybe you gotta do work or something and at least you could get outside right you know like um, so then the same thing with, with Pokemon go, I could imagine some person who really doesn't get it saying something like, Oh, we don't, this is a park. People are supposed to throw a Frisbee here and jog and picnic. We don't want a whole bunch of people playing video games in our we, park. We don't want people coming here and enjoying themselves their way. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and in the case of, case of this it's not even like the wi-fi where they had to actually like do something do something to provide it um it was uh you know totally it's passive. like all they have to do is just not do something right don't bo <laughs> don't bother people it's totally um, passive on their part yeah i mean if you have people doing but again like that's the person's that's the person's problem right there was that guy who got mugged Doing Pokemon Go because mm -hmm. he wasn't paying it. Well, he could be mugged anyway, right? I mean, uh, right. He, and, and there you go. He could have been mugged anyway. Yeah, he could have been mugged anyway. What if he was just taking a stroll? Sure. So, 
Because, you know, the kind of person who's so distracted by the game that they don't notice a small group of people coming up on them to mug them is going to be looking at Instagram if they didn't have Pokemon Go. It... The, the, game didn't, the game didn't change their behavior. It just changed the thing they were looking at on their phone. But that's just assuming that the reason they got mugged is they were distracted. Right. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they would have gotten mugged anyway. Right. I mean, you expect them to fight them all off. If, but, but for Pokemon Go, he would have, he would have become a ninja martial artist to fight them off. Like, I yeah, mean, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so anyway, to make this short story long it seems to me like someone someone in the milwaukee government uh thought that they would decide what type of people we want in our park and it's you not know, what and apparently it's not want apparently it's not um kids <laughs> right well you listen i won't say that only kids play pokemon no, Go of course I not know a lot of adults who do me um, i play but and my wife plays, for example, okay. uh, several people at my job play. So, you know, I think the judgment isn't that they don't want kids. I think the judgment isn't is that they don't want people who are not doing stuff they consider outdoorsy enough. Sure. Or I don't know. Do they even have a justification for this? Not really. Um, they they were concerned about too many people in the park um, was kind of vaguely mentioned at a at a county commission meeting at one point. Uh, as justification, but I mean, too many, too many people in the park. What does that even mean? We we have don't, too many people outside. What? Don't don't you want like people to use the public facilities? <laughs> That's what they're being. I mean, isn't that why we have them? Is to be used, but, but I mean, not by too not, many people. If not, give my tax money back and close it down. I mean, like, right. It, 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 it's um yeah so <laughs> so yeah it makes it, it makes no sense i'm glad that they they lost that yeah for sure it was the the first and only law of its kind in the u.s but only in the u.s uh, other countries have, have tried this too no telling how they will go but it was the first and only of its kind here in the u.s and uh obviously it will be the only of its kind because constitutional grounds is why it was overturned so that's the end of that <laughs> good because when you think about it there's there's much larger implications for this actually um if if you take it to a logical conclusion first of all ar is not just for gaming right and hopefully although it seems that the reaction to google glass has set us back you know like years um, on on the road to having people wear AR glasses where sure. they go, um, you know, people are going to be using AR more and more. Yeah. Whether they do whether they get in a headset or they're still walking around with the phone doing it, they're going to be using it for stuff that you know it could be games, it could be other stuff, and I really don't want. I really think it's very dangerous to have a law in place that says you can't use AR. Right. Because that means that uh, the Google, whatever it is, the AR Street View thing, you w you wouldn't be able to look at the information about a monument in a park in Milwaukee be through AR 
because it's against the law. Also, I mean, <laughs> which is could, beyond bizarre. You could argue, I will argue, okay, that AR is this is is a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, if they can't tell you what to think, they shouldn't be able to tell you what to augmented reality see. Fair enough. Because if I have a memory or a photographic memory of like what was in Google Street View and I look at the monument or whatever, well, I'm that's my perspective. I'm seeing it that way, right? You are augmenting reality with the information that you read. We're In fact, let's just say we're all doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so if we're all doing it within our head, why could we not do it within our glasses or within our phone? Right, exactly. Totally with you. And apparently so is the federal government. So, hooray. No more bizarre anti-AR laws in Milwaukee County or anywhere because it's a federal court. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies from blockbusters to the little unicorn. Can't make these up. They've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works is for a couple bucks, you download the MP3. Uh... Play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, Redbox, wherever you happen to have a movie, and laugh. From time to time, uh, they mix things up and do a live show. Their next live show will happen on August 17th with a, uh, um, a replay on the 24th in theaters nationwide. And they will be doing Doctor Who, The Five Doctors, live in theaters nationwide through Fathom Events. Uh, you can find out the movies and short films that are available, and of course, all the theaters that you can see the five doctors at by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. Last week, we talked about uh, Amazon Prime Day and how happy Amazon was with the, uh, the numbers. We also talked that there were some customers who were not necessarily happy about Prime Day with the uh, Prime Day fail hashtag uh, trending again for the third year in a row. Uh, One of the things that we talked about was that there was a pair of shoes. I know that sounds weird for us. There was a pair of shoes who on Prime Day, on the Prime Day sale, these shoes were $20 more than they had been 48 hours earlier as their special price. Um... And it was also noted that the that the reference price, the regular price, was also higher than it had been listed at 48 hours earlier. Uh, well, as it turns out, an organization called Consumer Watchdog, whose name tells you everything you need to know about what they do, um, released a report. They tested in the month of June. They tested a thousand products, and found that 46% of those products, while on sale, had a higher reference uh, price than they did 
during any other period in the previous 90 days, regardless of price. Um, so they are alleging that Amazon during sales uh, raises the reference price, the normal price, uh, higher than its normal actual selling price to make you believe that you're getting a better deal. Uh, Amazon's not happy about this report, obviously. Uh, they have they called it flat out wrong. Uh, but the FTC has been sent the report, and um, it is likely that they will that the Federal Trade Commission will be investigating the report because you know Amazon's trying to buy. Uh, Whole Foods, who has had their own interesting history with the Federal Trade Commission and uh, pricing claims. So um, during that, the FTC has to investigate anyway before they can approve the the buyout. So this will almost certainly be part of their investigation. Ha have you encountered anything like that before, Abram? <sighs> well, I don't. Um, I don't know how often the, uh, what do you call it? Regular reference price uh -huh. changes on Amazon. But my message to everyone is do not believe the reg the, the regular price. Do not believe that the regular price is the regular price. Right. Like it never is like on, a, on I don't think you can go to a single thing on, um, a single product on Amazon right now and have the regular price be the same as the current price. Not whether it's on sale or not. Right. 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 There's the MSRP. Like I guess the regular prices are the MSRP or whatever. Sometimes. And then, you know, and then the right, you know, and then the other price is always significantly lower than it. Mm -hmm. So first of all, you would think that every day everything is on sale. <laughs> but then if you go and you look at competing sites that sell the same product, let's say it was electronics or something, and you went and you looked at a new egg or Best Buy or whatever, and you might see it at the same price. Wait a second. This isn't, you know. So unfortunately, the regular price, nothing is ever the regular price. Now, <laughs> Amazon's not alone in this. I want to be I want to be fair to them. Amazon's not alone in, in this. Um you see a lot of things where something is almost never the 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 MSRP. Sure. And, or, or and maybe I'm kind of conflating MSRP with a regular price because some I you know it may or may not be the manufacturer suggested retail price that they're that Amazon is is citing correct as the regular price. I mean we don't necessarily even know where that comes from. Right. Exactly. But, but if you go to like. Dell or Lenovo, especially like Lenovo.com, and you're looking for a laptop, they always will have the price and then the web price. Uh -huh. And I promise you that the regular price, you could go there 365 days of the year. The price will not always be the same, but it will almost certainly not be the regular price. <laughs> so, right. you know, so the point is there's a lot of things where the regular price and the street price very a great deal and so yes. now there are some products where it's always very straightforward what what you're gonna pay like um you know you want to buy a new gaming console i don't think there's a great variance in price between what they say it is what you know microsoft says the xbox should cost and right. what 
It does. Because every because everybody knows what Microsoft says the Xbox One sells for. Right. It's it's yeah. a very public number. Everybody knows what the price is. It would be right. it would be hard to to be incorrect on that information. Apple products are usually unless they're used or or, or last gen or yeah. something, usually the same price everywhere. And and they're what Apple says that they were. Like via, if Apple says via contract with Apple. Uh, so, you know, if Apple says that it's four ninety that the you know that a product starts at four ninety nine, it's four ninety nine wherever you go, at exactly. the Apple store or Best Buy, whatever. So uh, but you know, on Amazon, as a rule of thumb, you always see that price. Do not believe it. Right. Do not believe that like so if they're telling you that you're getting ten dollars off, you might actually be getting a dollar off. Right. Because it might, re, you know, it might say that something's forty nine ninety nine usually, and that today is thirty nine ninety nine. What you should do is go to a price tracking site. Well, you should do two things. One, look at a couple of other sites. Yes. So look at, you know, if it's a if it's a tech product, uh, other sites to look at. Well, you could just do a shopping search on Google Shopping, but sure. they don't encompass. They don't. Google Shopping doesn't index everything. Right. But it does index a lot. So so um, go do your own research. Go to go to Newegg, go to Tiger Direct. You know, go look at a couple of other sites. And and see what your price looks like. Yep. So so that's that's one thing. You know, go do your research at other sites and see, because what what might be the sale price on Amazon might be the regular price. Right. Uh, so that that's one. And then the other is you can check Amazon. So you can check Amazon's history. Yeah. So if you use, uh, we talked about this I think the other day, but uh, camel 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 uh, dot com and their associated uh, browser extension uh, do a great job of telling you tracking the price history over time on Amazon. Yeah. And they, they don't track the history of the reported regular price. They track the history of the price that you pay. Right. So that's what you're interested in. Exactly. So so the the, the practice in question here is is a little bit what we're talking about, but not really. It's it's mostly the idea that that reference price varies. Not, yeah, that they actually made the deal look better yeah. by raising the reference so, price. So what what we're saying is your best practice is ignore the reference price. Yeah. That, well, whether they're raising it or it stays the same exactly as it was, you should behave the same way. Exactly. As a consumer, you should approach it with skepticism. Uh, Precisely. You should not take the regular price seriously. You should look at what the price history was and what other people are charging for it. That's your basis. Exactly. There's, you know, there, there's your takeaway. Don't trust the regular price anywhere, but in obviously right now in particular here, don't trust that that price variance means anything. Right. So, you know, because, yes, it looks a lot better if you're getting $50 off than if you're getting 5 Right. But don't believe it. <laughs> exactly. Because that may not be the deal that you think it is. So there's your takeaway. Always be skeptical on the Internet. I, th- I mean, that's just a good rule of thumb in general. Always be skeptical on the internet. I think always be skeptical of deals. I mean, like, which is which is one reason why it's good to look at sites that aggregate deals. We yeah. do it at Laptop Mag and Tom's Guide. We have best deals pages that we update daily uh, with things that are really deals that are like by really I mean 
they're really you know cheaper than you would mm-hmm. get find them elsewhere. Um, you know, and there are many other great sites like Tech Bargains and Ben's Bargains that do this. Uh, so, you know, that's that's why there's an industry in aggregating deals because you can't believe everything that you yeah. read on a on a seller's site. For sure. This week's DRM, not included on F5 Live, is proudly powered by Groove Music. All the music you want, available anywhere from one of the largest uh, catalogs on the internet. You can listen, whether you're on Windows or Windows Phone, iOS, Android, your Xbox 360, Xbox One, or you just have access to a web browser. You can sign into Groove and access your collection, find millions of songs, aggregate them uh, into playlists, have it create playlists for you, uh, or of course create radio stations based on a favorite artist, a favorite song, a genre, whatever it is. Uh, Normally, you can get them for $9.99 a month. You can do a whole year for $99.90, so you get two months for free. And right now, you can get uh, 30 days free to try it out on whatever platform you want by going to f5live.tv slash groove. So, uh, this is a bit of a PSA, I think. That not so much about the products that are about to go away, but more about the fact that there are oftentimes hidden products that you didn't know about that uh, can make certain services better. Uh, We've been going through a bit of a bit of a pruning couple of years from a number of the big services. Uh, When Marissa Meyer took over Yahoo, she started dumping a lot of stuff that shouldn't have existed anymore. Um, Google's been doing some of that uh, lately too. And uh, YouTube is about to kill two features that likely you didn't know existed. The... (laughs) The first is an online editing tool where you could take uh, any of the videos that you had uploaded to YouTube and mix them together into uh, new videos. You know, cut and trim and republish bits from multiple videos and put out a thing, uh, all without having to have the files on your computer, all through a web interface. As it turns out, if you are one of the people who used it, congratulations, you are in the unbelievably small minority. In fact, uh, less than a one-tenth of one percent of uh, YouTube content creators have ever used the feature. Are you talking about the part where you can edit your video or only where you can, re- you can remix videos together? Um, we're not talking about the enhancements section where you can trim an existing video and uh, uh, pull off the beginning or the end, uh, add titles and things like that. That feature is going to stay, but there is a feature at youtube.com slash editor, I think it was, um, where you can take uh, just like a normal timeline in Premiere or something like that, you can take all of the videos in your collection and put them into a timeline and cut them and use parts and bits and pieces and republish a new video out of that content. So it's very similar to a regular editing thing without the, the uh, 
good like full timeline capability and stuff like that. More like uh, what Windows Movie Maker was, where you didn't quite have the timeline and transitional capabilities of a Premiere or uh, something like that. But you could you could snap two clips together and take the front and end off and put a transition between them uh, and then republish them to YouTube. I really liked Windows Movie Maker, by the way. I know. Uh, <sighs> Which you can still get it, I think. Yeah, I think you can of. still download it, kind of. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I mean, that's a sh- well, not promoting it doesn't help, right? right? Exactly. It's it's the kind of thing that I can totally see having been popular if anybody knew it existed, but a, a tenth of a percent of people used it. That's not a good stat. I wouldn't have even released that statistic. <laughs> well. I guess that's a good way of justifying that people didn't didn't use it. Yeah, you know. But that, I mean, that looks bad for for YouTube, not for for the feature. That looks bad for Google, for nobody even knowing this kind of cool feature existed. Yeah, well, that's kind of a shame because you do. I mean, I guess most people would want to edit their video offline, but. There is probably some benefit, and then also the way that it's presented to people, it's probably like, well after you've already put all these videos up, now you're going to put them together. Right. Whereas what most people probably want to do is take different clips that they have, put them together, then upload them. Sure. Yeah. But you could sort of see someone who wants to do cloud storage type of things like, Oh, I'm uploading all these different pieces of video into the cloud Mm -hmm. or maybe like multiple people working on a project together. I upload your piece, you upload your piece and we can work on the cloud. Like I think the idea of cloud based video editing is kind of compelling yeah um and obviously you to edit it on youtube makes a lot of sense because that's probably where you a lot of people are going to want to publish sure so hmm if they if they did a good better job promoting it and they promoted it as a like this is your editing solution or like multiple users i don't know if you actually could combine things from multiple users maybe that's an issue maybe but uh you know multiple users working on something together as a group project, mm-hmm. it could be pretty compelling. Sure. Um, I, I can see there being use for it, but obviously nobody knew about it. The other feature that's going away is uh, a slideshow aggregator. I had no idea that this existed either, um, but since slideshows have kind of uh, lost the interest, I've never liked slideshow videos because if I'm going to do, if I'm going to look at pictures, I want to look at pictures. I don't want you to choose how fast I look at them and put me. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If it's a video, it should be moving. Yeah. But you know, know, slideshows were really popular five years ago. You obnoxiously popular five or 10 years ago. It was one of the things you could do in windows movie maker. In fact, um, they had like an import photos and it would just create a a slideshow. And that's exactly what this feature was. And, uh, both of them are gone. I guess the problem with that is you couldn't export it to your DVD, your DVD ROM, <laughs> to give to your grandma. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, you could you could create it and then download it onto an SD card so you can put it in the uh, in the the digital photo frame that you got on yeah. Black Friday for twenty bucks. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, both of those features uh, will go away on September twentieth, twenty seventeen. But my guess is. Little to none of you have ever even heard of these features, and so they will not be missed. The end. 
And that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us. Thank you for uh, the comments that we had in the chat room, uh, in particular on Periscope. Um, like I said at the top of the show, Avram and I always appreciate uh, comments and you know the comment about HP. I totally agree. <laughs> Lots of HP stuff. Oh, uh, we've got an HP phone over here too. Anyway, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so thank you to those of you who joined us live. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Plughitslive.com slash uh, sub subscribe. You can find all of our shows there, not just uh, F5 Live and the Pilch Point, but our special events and first looks and uh, all of our other series there as well. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we've got some new stuff coming. Um, the 3000 Brigade podcast will be coming back in an entirely new fashion. Uh, there will be storytelling involved. I am not 100% sure how it's how it's structured. I do know that there are uh, like script elements and stuff. So it's really going to play into the 3KB's uh, strengths. So I can't wait to see how that goes at MetroCon in two weeks. Uh, we've also got some other new shows that are not necessarily um, tech culture uh, focused. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We, uh, we pitched one last night that I think is going to happen in the near future. Uh, so you'll be able to find all of those at pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. And uh, two weeks, we've got uh, MetroCon here in Tampa. So if you're in the area, definitely come hang out with us at uh, our panels. See Aaron judge a number of a number of things. She will be at several events uh, as a judge. And uh, you can see me. Basically, anytime Aaron's around, I'm probably there too. So uh, with that, I guess, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next week. Ciao.